0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Asking For Myself, the podcast where I ask all the questions you're too afraid to. I'm your host Mia, and today you are in for a delicious treat. I had the best conversation with Kat Ligate. Kat is the founder of Ungirl, a sex positive and self-love page on Instagram. She's passionate about normalizing conversations around sex, especially for women, and empowering people to explore their sexuality without shame. Literally her account, we are Ungirls, and now there's another one, Ungirl Uncensored. Uh it's like literally they're my favorite accounts on Instagram. So relatable, such incredibly rich content. You have to check it out right now, like while you're listening to this episode, just go to Instagram and follow her because you're gonna love it. Um but yeah super excited. Today's conversation is about all things self love and self pleasure and Really, I wanted to talk about masturbation, which is funny because of how far I've come. Which hopefully is hope to anyone listening who feels sex negative or feels shame around their body or feels uncomfortable with talking about masturbation or actually, you know, self pleasuring. Because I remember when I was in college, and I share this anecdote sometimes, but um, I was, I studied product design, and one in one of my classes, we had to basically explore the history of a particular object and the object my group chose was vibrators and based on where I was at the time i literally left the group because i felt like oh my gosh this is so inappropriate this is unprofessional like i cannot be associated with this project and i cannot possibly do this as a school project and a topic so you know that just goes to show you where i was i grew up believing that masturbation was simple honestly i didn't even know what it was called but i truly thought i was possessed by a demon um because i wanted to like you know touch myself and when i would get aroused watching a tv show and i really just like what is wrong with me i'm so weird like i didn't know what it was called i didn't know what it was and i just knew that i felt really like a freak so anyway also freak is such a funny word i don't know why but um I'm going to leave it at that because I'm really excited for this conversation. We ended up talking a lot about body image, and I think it makes sense because a lot of how you feel about yourself, you know, impacts the way that you experience pleasure, impacts your ability to let go during partnered or solo sex and really just, you know, can limit the way that you engage with the world, engage with other people because you're feeling self-conscious about yourself and your body. So I'm really, really excited. I talked Kat's ear off similar to this intro and I want to thank her so much for just talking to me and being a part of this conversation and thank you of course for listening. So without further ado, let's talk taboo.
1: Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Asking for Myself. I am beyond excited about this episode because today's topic is about self-love, self-pleasure, self-compassion, and really all things self-adoration. So thank you for being here. And I just want to kick things off with an introduction so our listeners can have some context for this conversation. So Kat, would you mind sharing a bit about yourself? I would love to know how you got into this space in general. Like, I just really want to know kind of how you got into the sexual wellness field and this empowerment space and starting your account and starting your website. And then, yeah, how you started Ungirl and how everything came together.
2: Sure. Thanks for joining. Like, thanks for inviting me because um, I love these things and I love any conversations around yeah like it's not just about sex but particularly how it makes us feel about ourselves and how like the intersection between like feminism and sexuality and body like interest you know body confidence is I just like love these conversations so anyone who doesn't know me um I run a page called we are ungirls and I have a second page called ungirl uncensored and it's basically like my main page is, is is really around Um, I guess centered around my personal experiences that I was like oh shit I learned something oh let me put that online and like oh other people had that too okay um oh uh I masturbate I feel weird about that sometimes oh let me put that online oh people feel weird too so that's kind of where it started I guess (laughs) yeah I guess I'd talk about pleasure and yeah like personal sexuality as well a lot and also just trying to give people some honest advice I guess because I am not an expert by any means but I I try I try my best at sex and I'm not that good but I'm trying (laughs) that's how I feel yeah exactly (laughs) I think that's all you can aim for right so yeah I guess how I started on girl um I was in Vietnam and I was studying architecture before that I finished my studies I did my like seven years studying and everything it was great but I just knew it wasn't for me at that point so I went to Vietnam and I was teaching and I was teaching public speaking and I was like oh this is amazing this tool really I feel like it really gives people empowerment to um, encourage them to use their voice and if you give them a space where people you know like want to hear their voice and it really empowers them as a person so I, I started running events for women to talk about like taboo subjects like sex and even things like careers and everything just to have a space and um it just sort of like kind of exploded really in a good way and lots of people came like lots of vietnamese women came obviously people that could speak english but uh especially in the big city i was living in 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 saigon and it was like really inspiring to see this mix of people like from you know all over the world and also from vietnam and talking about sex and I was like shit like sex is such a big taboo topic I need to talk about this more actually and um, then when lockdown happened I started an Instagram just randomly I had no idea what I was going to (laughs) do and um, it just it just went from there really I think I've I've naturally always had a curiosity about sex and I felt as a woman um, I felt like wrong about that for many years because I was like I always felt like a man actually like I was like why do I like sex? Why do I like masturbating? Why do I not feel feminine because of that? And that's, you know, a, a big thing that propelled me to 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 make this cross section between like, you know, experience as a woman and in a in a, in, in, in a body and, and also sex. So I guess that's how I got to where I am now. Yeah. But it, it's been a while. Yeah, great- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can say, okay, go to uni and then do this like I I have no idea. So (laughs) it just ended up here. Yeah. Well, it sounds
1: like it's just from your life
2: experiences
1: where it was like, This is what I'm going through and let me share it. And then other people were resonating because it was super relatable and what they were going through as well. And the way I mean, first of all, you have the best dance videos with (laughs) really, you know, (laughs) useful information. And then you also have amazing carousels. I just feel like all of your content, mm-hmm. I always am so real. inspired by it. And I learned so much. They're, it's amazing. Oh, I mean, there's
2: an so, act for it. <laughs> it's like, just, I it, people it provoke such a strong reaction. People, which is quite funny to me. Like some people are like, oh my God, that's so cringe. And I'm like... Okay, so me talking about my vagina isn't cringe, but me dancing like (laughs) it's too cringe. Like, okay, I see how it is. Like, I mean, (laughs) that's (laughs) where they draw the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you just have to let go of any sort of worries about, like, yeah, I mean, you're, you you talk about such intimate stuff online, like, you, you can't. You can with that, really. So yeah, it's it's nice when you have some people that like it. I like my weird dance moves, the pointing at the air, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the pointing. Yeah. Oh my gosh!
1: I know. I feel like I not hid behind. It wasn't. Well, maybe it was intentional. I don't know. But I had the taboo account. I've had it for a long time, and I would write a lot on stories, or I write the longest captions. But I never really showed my face. There were like a occasional times where I would be on stories but I always felt like I would want to have other people on it or like you know what I mean and now I've started to do more content with creating reels and it's actually really fun because I love being creative but I do feel sometimes a little cringe and I feel a little silly but it's like you know what it's and honestly a lot of the videos where I'm like oh no I can't even believe it those are the ones that perform better because they're fun and they're silly and people just like that. So it's like whatever, if it's working, if it's getting the content out there, I'll do this dance. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like I'll be the clown. I, 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 I'll be the clown. like the 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 change and seeing you more on your profile. And I just thought it was amazing because like you know we love you as a person, as a like and as a person behind the page. And it's so nice to see that person come out like, and you just feel everything you write then you kind of yeah, you feel like you relate more to them as a human, you know? I think it really builds, like, also if you're going to be, like, vulnerable, like, it's about topics like that, actually showing your face really gives authenticity because, you know, like, it's easy just to write behind a, and not show your face, but when you say, hey, this, here's this funny sex thing about me, and then, like, you show your face, it's like, whoa, you know? It really, I think, builds, like, more connection between you and and, and people online, which I think is actually super, super nice. So yeah, it's been nice to see. I agree. Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) I agree. I think it humanizes it. And also it validates what you're saying, because especially part of the message I try to put out there is to talk more openly and to be more bold. And so I have to do it too, right? Like if you see someone else doing it and that's what's made me comfortable is actually talking about it. So I think other people, it can help them to be like, oh, well, she's willing to like totally embarrass herself and admit these things. Then why, maybe I can too, or like, oh, that makes me feel like I'm not alone and it's more normal. I have a question about, you mentioned just kind of feeling weird or or feeling like it wasn't necessarily normal to really enjoy sex or really enjoy masturbation. And I know for me that my my hangouts particularly around masturbation stemmed from my religious background. So I'm wondering for you, did you, do you have any type of
2: religious background or was that more just this, like societal conditioning? Yeah, I did. I did grow up Catholic. So that of course did have somewhat of an impact, but I'm lucky, like I didn't have a very strong, you know, religious family. And even my school was pretty like laid back. I would say, especially when I see certain other examples of like religious like school like in the US I feel like it's a little bit more extreme than it is in, in Scotland like I think we're in general we're a bit more relaxed there but um yeah religion did of course like play just like in a way actually though I think it made me rebel a bit more actually so in some ways going to Catholic school made me enjoy my sexuality more because I was like oh yes I'm you know like I'm fuck you you know because I, I, <laughs> like I was like a believer in it to be honest I guess but. I did also go to school with people who were much more religious than me and I got shamed for even talking about sex like I didn't didn't even had sex in school I didn't have sex till my last year and people like made up rumors about that just crazy rumors about me like masturbating in the science building and people just believed it because they just they heard me talk about sex and then they just attributed this like caricature, caricature of like me being this kind of like horny or slutty or easy girl partly I guess because of like the religious background that we were in you know and of course the societal background but I think it did make an impact for sure. When you had that
1: experience of other classmates saying things and slut shaming essentially did that make you want to lean away from being more sexually empowered or did you lean more into it like whatever I don't care like how did that impact you?
2: Yeah, I think it did embarrass me, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, like, for me, I actually almost, like, don't have the ability to stop myself from saying things, like, uh, I feel like it's, you know, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, and I think it's, like, this kind of, this thing where you just talk, right, so stuff comes out, whether or not I like it to or not, you know, and after that, I would still talk about sex, but I would feel ashamed about it, and I would feel very conscious of, like, Oh my God, like, or I, then I, and then after some time, I just built this narrative that that is who I am in a sense. Like I kind of like pigeonholed myself as like this girl who just, you know, talks about sex and is easy and is all that kind of stuff, you know? So I I took on those negative narratives and sort of made that my personality in a sense. And it took me like quite a long time to uh, break out of that, you know, and start to see it in, take back control of, who I am and, and the, it, not to see it in a negative way you know
1: yeah how does that play out for you now given how much you do like talk about and write about and educate about sex
2: yeah it's it's been amazing because it's like it's transformed like what was mm, yeah a, a point of shame or a point of judgment of myself and feeling like other people judge me for that. And now it's like a power that I have, like it's like a special power almost. And it's something that I I see outside of myself now because I'm able to do this. Like I'm also able to help other people talk about sex and open themselves up. And it's like, wow, actually, it's kind of like you were like, uh, I don't know, like you found out you were like in Harry Potter or something. You, you were like, oh, I was always such a weirdo. And I was like, I had to live in under the stairs for many years. And now I'm a wizard, you know. <laughs> it's like actually, yeah. uh, so it's kind of cool, actually. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad I went in a way through those years because it really helps me able to connect and like empathize with people. Because I think if you didn't have any like kind of shame or bullying or whatever, I think it's very hard to to then empathize and, and create content that helps other people kind of like come out of that. So I think it's good, actually. I'm happy for those bullies because now I get to <laughs> masturbate for a job. So it's like, fantastic. Like what are you doing? Exactly. exactly. Like <laughs> plot to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look where I ended up. This is awesome. That's really great. And that actually ties into something I wanted to talk about, which is, That sort of loss of, not necessarily loss of innocence, but this loss of self-confidence and self-love that we have. So I was just reading a post last night on Instagram from Dr. Alexandra Solomon, who's a licensed clinical psychologist, and she was posting a tweet. And the tweet was about this young girl, she's like three years old, who was saying good night. And then her mom overhears her saying to herself, Good night, myself. I love you. And then saying, I love you too. So it's just a really sweet moment. And the post was just about how we lose that at what like at some point we as children are really confident. We're willing to be silly. We're willing to like even self-explore, right? Self-pleasure. But then we're told, This is wrong, or don't do that. This is weird, or we're bullied, or we have all these different experiences. And Suddenly, we become adults who don't quite have that same self-assuredness and self-love. So, I guess have you you already touched on your experience, you know, with classmates? But did you notice that in your own evolution from childhood? And I guess how would you speak to that for other people? And getting back to sort of like that childlike curiosity and and self love and exploration.
2: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good good point, definitely. I mean I remember and it was it's quite weird to even think about it, like all those years where I didn't think about my weight, I never thought about my body, I never really like I didn't have I remember I just remember that I did not have so many doubts, but I can't physically imagine that feeling because I'm I can't it's like a totally new reality, isn't it? Like from what we are now. But I must say now I'm at a point where I do, I'm still critical of myself, of course, but I do genuinely have like a love for myself and like a curiosity for myself. Like I really enjoy to get to know myself and to like, I just, I find myself fascinating and I think everybody should. But yeah, for sure, like it was many years of feeling confused and feeling not enough and then feeling wrong and then, I honestly do feel, though, like all of those, I feel like I had some, in some ways some extreme examples, like, or some extreme things I, I um in my own relative, you know, because of course people have to go through a lot worse, but because of certain experiences, it really pushed me in a, in a way that was, of course, negative at the time. It made me get out of that and think, you know, what, I have to love myself because other people are not always going to love me, you know? So all those times I was rejected by people, you go through that many, many times and then you end up with, with two options. You either accept the rejection and say, you know what, I must be bad or I must be shit because that's what other people think. Or you're like, you know what, I have to fucking love myself because nobody else is going to give me that love. You know, like, I feel like you're in, you're at a crossroads then. And at one point I finally took this direction. I was like, oh, well, why don't I just stop focusing on other people so much and actually think, about myself and I, I just took myself on holiday um partly to get away from a guy because uh he was like not texting me back and I was like oh my god I'm going crazy and I was like just focusing on him and I was like me I'll just go on holiday uh somewhere nearby and I just had the most amazing three days by myself and I shed that fear of like being by yourself doesn't mean loneliness it doesn't mean like you're less worthy it just Was like the most fun because I did everything I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, where do I want to eat next? Oh, what do I want to do? Like, do you want to go up to this museum? Like, yeah, that'd be nice. And it was like, you know, I just literally did like dating myself, you know? I I definitely recommend that. Like, because you're like, if you can't love, if you can't like sell yourself or at least get to know yourself, like, I don't know, it's difficult to then apply that to other people, you know?
1: Because. 100%. And I think it's so easy to also. Let's say you're in a relationship. I think it can be easy to start to lose yourself and you lose yourself to the relationship or to the other person. And I know that for me, I'm definitely still working on I'm definitely super comfortable, maybe too comfortable being by myself. <laughs> I, I can make myself laugh. I enjoy just doing things on my own time when I want to do them, eat what I want to eat, like go, whatever, and I don't have to think about anyone else. But that being said, I do still struggle with going out to like eat by myself or things like that. I still, I still don't feel a hundred percent comfortable on like working on that. And, and like you said, even just going out and doing other things, because I know that for me, I'm recently out of a relationship and I'm like, Oh, I don't have anyone to do X, Y, Z with anymore. Like I have my friends, of course, but there are certain things where, or maybe my friends don't like a certain activity or whatever. And I've gotten better about just being like, Hey, will you come with me anyway? But it's like, why can't I just go do that by myself? You know, I think there is this idea that, and I'm not saying that it's not entirely true. It is fun to do things with someone else, but it's not weird or desperate or like, oh my gosh, you went all by yourself. Like, and that's how I think I've felt in the past. And it's like, well, why wouldn't I want to be by myself? Like I'm fun.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I think the more that we do it like the easier it becomes for sure but I think it's like a ripple effect because other people that see us I think they are empowered as well like I think we're all secretly not secretly but I think all of us are, are a bit scared to go and do things by ourselves like I think eating in a restaurant is such a good example because it's like oh my god why is it so hard like I don't know like it's it's just a very intense moment of you don't have any other distractions unless you have like a TV or something and then it's like you're just you're just there in your presence and it's like, okay, I've never spent this much alone time with myself. Right, cool. It's pretty Yeah, and you can't talk to yourself in public. You yeah, yeah, know. yeah, I mean you can, but <laughs> I mean and I, also I, I you know, I do sometimes talk to myself in my head, of course, like I think many people do it, but I, I found out that I do this weird thing where when I'm doing it, I also start mouthing like the words so people can see me and I'm like and I'm like okay no that's not good <laughs> I don't look <laughs> no I was reading about this yesterday because to
1: be honest like I have always felt weird about the fact that sometimes I talk out loud so if I'm thinking something like I talk out loud but I was actually reading that they did a study on it and people who verbalize their thoughts like for example there was they put tests I don't want to say test subjects, just participants in the study in a grocery store and people who were saying the list of things they needed out loud actually were more efficient and able to remember and get those things. And so they showed in other ways it is helpful to talk to yourself and to say things out loud. And obviously it's different if you're having full-on conversations with, you know, a voice and that could be other things going on, but if it's I think I am someone who's an auditory processor, if that's what it's called. And so even sometimes I'm talking to, you said something earlier about how you just have to say something. And I feel like sometimes I tell my friends, filter out 90% of what I'm saying, because I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it. And then we'll figure out what I meant. You know, like, I just need to say extreme all of the words. Yeah, <laughs> extreme of consciousness,
2: 100% and then we'll get somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you just learn how to read us and you just like pick up the pieces later and it's like okay. All oh, right, 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 that makes sense. Um yeah. I mean some right, eventually, eventually it makes nuggets sense. Nuggets from there like 90% is shit, but some of it's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: And you choose which 90% you know you later, want to go <laughs> hey so i just wanted to jump in real quick and correct what i said it's not an auditory processor it's an external processor so there's internal processors and external processors and it's basically how you process your feelings your emotions whether you're someone who prefers to journal and you internalize a lot you have to think through things have some alone time versus someone who likes to talk about it needs to say things out loud to even really know how they're feeling about a situation so I'm going to leave a link to a really good article I found about it if you are interested in learning more. But yeah, it's not an auditory processor. It's an external processor.
1: Um. Okay, so I guess winding back into self-love and confidence and what you also already alluded to earlier with becoming more comfortable with your body, you have a post from a while back about saggy boobs. and how in fact saggy boobs are sexy and you talked about your own experience just embracing the parts of your body that you are more self-conscious about so can you expand on that and how you came to a place of acceptance
2: yeah yeah definitely it's funny I, I forgot actually like how much my boobs are like in the area of like love and hate and it's still ongoing you know like I I from day one of my life I had boobs and I had big boobs like I'm really small like I'm like four foot five, eight, four foot nine or less than that I don't actually know four foot ten for I don't know 147 centimeters for anyone in, in in Europe but um I'm really small and I always had these big boobs and I was like oh cool uh movies told me if you got big boobs then you get like you get all the boys right and I was like a bit boy crazy when I was younger so I really thought like this is great but that it wasn't great it wasn't great because well partly it just not it's not actually the case but then secondly whenever there was like a situation even as an adult where like you get your you know like I don't know you're going to the swimming pool or you're going to a party or something like my boobs didn't look like you thought they should you know like I mean of course it doesn't help that we see a lot of fake boobs but then a lot of fashion was very much designed for smaller boobs and you know like little perky buns and I just did not have that like I had quite big ones and they weren't like when they're big they're not gonna stick up like out the way like that's just impossible like that's not how gravity works but you just didn't think that you know you just thought like wow like even my nipples, like my nipples, didn't like always stick out of the way for a long time when I was younger. I had introverted nipples, um, no, not introverted, inverted. Lol, they're introverted. <laughs> they're have ext- got extroverted nipples, um, and they're very chatty. Um, <laughs> well, um, I like they went in the way, so it was like my eyes just did not look like I thought they should, and I was like, oh my god, I've got all this boobs, and I can't do anything with them. You know, it was really a frustration because I was consistently sexualized as well for it, but. I didn't feel com- confident about it. It's like, wait, I mean, you're not really confident about being sexualized, but I, you didn't feel good about this thing that you were told was meant to be sexy, right? um And it took me a long time, and it's still ongoing. But yeah, I think it was probably about around. It helped me a lot to be around people with different bodies more because in my high school, like, it just wasn't the case really, and it wasn't until I was really an adult and I was like just going out more and meeting more people and moving to different cities. And I was like, I was looking at other people's, I was often looking at other people's chests. I don't know if other people do that with boobs. They just kind of compare other people's boobs. You're like, oh, they're nice boobs. I wonder how they're like in comparison to my, like, I think it's just something we do. Right. And eventually I just, I guess I just started looking more and I was like, you know what, when I see other people's boobs and they're not like super perky, I actually think they look really beautiful as well. So why can't I, why can't I feel that way about myself? You know, like, and it was just through a lot of like following people on Instagram or on different social media and seeing a lot of art, where like, eventually it became more normal to me that boobs like are not always totally like torpedoes coming out the way. Like, and if they are, that's also cool, you know. But like, it's just I we have such a limited view on like what body parts look like and it just I just didn't know that that was normal like I think that's literally as simple as it is like I did not normalize it so
1: no I think that's so it makes complete sense because and I do think recently there's been a push toward inclusion and showing different body types and different you know ethnicities and just all different types of people but at the same time there's still the glorified look right and that may be different in different cultures and in different, you know, depending what certain people quote unquote like, obviously at the end of the day, it's unique to the person, but at the same time, there are still those standards. Right. And they change, they change over time. Like we had the sort of Kim Kardashian body type going for a bit, but at the same time, still so many people who want to be just stick thin, you know, stick thin with like big boobs, like you're saying. And you know, there is still this ideal, quote unquote, um, I guess, archetype of what a body should look like. And I know that it's interesting, because it is kind of like, I don't know if it's we want what we can't have, or we just idolize something that's different than us. But for me, I used to, I had bigger boobs when I was younger. And I feel like it started getting sexualized when I was like 12, kind of hitting puberty. But then over time, I ended up losing weight in like going to college and it just randomly um and so and then over time like it's just fluctuated depending on what's going on in my life or my own relationship with food and the first thing i lose when i start losing weight is my boobs and then i get self-conscious about it because it no there's this weird balance that is still something i struggle with of liking to some extent the way my body looks, but then not liking the way that my boobs look or my butt looks or like I'm losing that and kind of just being like, you're not good. There is no perfect body, number one. And, and even if you know, if there is a perfect body, yeah, there's no point in, you cannot, okay, technically you can if you want to get surgery or you want to do it, but, but you cannot change what your body just naturally looks like everyone has a different body and there's really no it's just unhealthy to obsess over even though I know that it's really hard not to because we do constantly just see people and it is so easy to compare yourself to the people that you're seeing and being like oh that would be that looks really cute on her or oh that would look so or even when you see a cute outfit right sometimes it's like I would love to wear that but I know my body type and it won't look good on me
2: yeah that's one of the most frustrating things I think especially like for me like I I, I'm as I said I'm very small and I uh, often ended up just naturally looking like very cute and like feminine and I I always wanted to show in my personality like that I was not as feminine I was more edgy you know like or whatever bullshit like that right but I I just I wanted to get away from this girly look and all the clothes that I liked they were really not shaped for my body you know like I'm so small but with big curves like what, 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 what i get in which is you feel a bit trapped in your body you feel like there's a disconnect between what you have on the inside versus what you have on the outside and it's like it's easy for people to say oh it's shallow to, to care about clothes and to care about what you look like but it is a personal expression of yourself you know and it, it does impact how people you know act towards you what they think about you and it's I, for me i've got to a point where i'm like a bit i don't see it as shallow but i also try to not just follow a trend anymore and try to find out my individual you know style or what I feel comfortable in and that doesn't doesn't often fit what's going on in in so I think that's a progression I've made luckily but yeah finding clothes as well because I think that really does whether or not you have clothes that fit you and especially that changes a lot depending on where you live, like that can make you feel like there's something wrong with your body. And I remember this, this YouTuber I used to watch and she said, look, it's not your body, it's the clothes. And it's like, fuck, that's so true. Like I, here we are like thinking, "Oh, I'll just keep these jeans cause I'll just lose weight to like fit into them. It's like, Oh, like, let me change right. oh my, my body to fit into this item of clothing that I could just buy a different size of. Like, no, no, let, let me change my whole life for this. Jeep. <laughs> It's so real, like
1: being yeah. in the closet because I will fit that again, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know, or like, oh, I want, I have this. People have a, like a goal uh, dress, you know, or something that they're like, I really want to be able to wear that. And it is, it's so unfair. And and it also depends on the brand. It depends on just, and I think it is hard, like you said, being more petite or small. So I'm also on the shorter side, not quite as short, but I'm on the shorter side. Uh, I'm like five, nearly five, four. And I am smaller, but I do have curves. And sometimes I feel silly saying that because I think compared to other people, I don't have curves, yeah. but I, but compared to other people, curves. I do have curves. Really? Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And really. that is hard to find things. It's also, I remember when I used to, you know, work in an office, I, would struggle with what do I wear? Because if I wear a dress, it's going to look more sexual or then it is going to look on someone who doesn't have any curves and just has more of like a straight body. And so you're even having to think about how what you're wearing will impact what other people think of you or how they're perceiving you. And it's like, I have no control over that. And yet now I have to dress in a way that's really kind of eliminating any gendering of me which is fine because I've always liked more like masculine like different types of clothing but at the same time it yeah it sucks when you're doing it because you are trying to like desexualize yourself
2: yeah exactly exactly like our body sh- it, our natural selves shouldn't be like more unprofessional like like some people it's like I don't even see this like in in places where they have you know like completely you know actually just completely discriminatory like rules like oh it's unprofessional to have an afro or it's unprofessional to wear a it's like oh, okay that's not right like so somebody's natural hair or somebody's like religious beliefs or somebody's boobs or whatever mean that we just can't be in this office unless we hide ourselves you know like or we adapt ourselves to you know a, a very narrow standard of what you know many of us don't look like or many of us don't Don't dress like, you know, it's just Yeah, it's really it's it's even in
1: high school or it's like with yeah, wearing not wearing spaghetti straps or not wearing shorts that are too short. It's like, well, why? Because this is going to distract uh, you know, a boy (laughs) or the (laughs) teacher like Yeah. Right. That that's the problem. The problem is not this outfit. The problem is not how I look, the problem is whatever you are thinking about. And that's, un- that's what's unprofessional. What? Yeah. Nothing that I'm doing. Or, yeah, nothing that someone's
2: natural. Exactly. It's like, this is totally messed up. And when I hear about those things in the US, like these rules. I mean, I, I just had a school uniform. So I didn't I have to deal with this so much. But it's like crazy. Like, what? Your bra straps are Like, oh, Kay, stop looking at my bra strap. Like, <laughs> exactly. what's wrong with like, you? Know, one
1: of us has a weird thing and I think it's you
2: yes exactly exactly
1: I know Ugh. so I guess on that topic there's the body positivity movement and then there's also what I've seen is body neutrality and so body positivity is more about embracing and loving our bodies whereas neutrality is more about appreciating your body functionally really for what it can do and just accepting your body not assigning any value to its appearance positive or negative so which stance would you say you more align with are you more like let's celebrate our bodies and love whatever body you have or are you kind of like it's a body it's a body
2: yeah I mean it's a good question I think I think all of us probably started like just let's body positivity let's just love our body no matter what and it's it's really nice of course I would love to get to that stage but I, I think it's a bit unrealistic and potentially unhealthy to to you know it's like toxic positivity sometimes um so in general like I try to in my page try to err definitely on the side of like neutrality because it's also really important to to get outside of my head and think you know what like for example like I might say yeah I want to love my vulva and I want to really get to know it but you might be trans for example and you know what, like, it's totally okay not to like your vulva, because it's something completely different going on, you know, like, so you, you don't want to have a vulva anymore, like, and I i don't want to invalidate you and say that, oh, you're just being negative about your body, it's like, no, that's something completely really different going on, so yeah, I think in general, it just is, uh, it's it's easier, and I think when you start with neutrality, that's already a lot better than hatred, so yeah, it's, it's already a good start, and I think it, good things come from there anyway, and I don't think it needs to be preached so much. Like I think it's fairly obvious like that we should like our body, right? But at least if you can just normalize it first. Like it's people do the rest themselves, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I'm trying to get to a place. I know I've been really aware of this over the past year or so, of not even commenting on people's bodies. And I noticed that I don't know how to now react when someone comments on I'm not talking about a compliment. I'm talking about What is meant to be a compliment? So when people say like, "Oh my gosh, you lost weight," or "or you or you look so thin," it's like end of sentence. I don't know, you know. And I think it's hard because I've had friends who who do. I know they want to lose weight and they're excited about it. So then you want to say that's great, but then I'm like, I don't even want to comment on it because it's just going to reinforce this loop that oh, you didn't look good before, or and maybe that's not what it implies, but. You know, that's how I always feel when people say oh you look good today and it's like "Did I not look good yesterday <laughs> but but you know I think it can especially people who, who struggle with body image issues I think that when you hear that positive com- or what's meant to be a positive comment it can reinforce unhealthy behaviors so trying to get to a place of just like do you feel good do you feel good in your body are you feeling healthy are you you know that those kinds of questions and do you feel or or wow you look stronger or or not even stronger just maybe like oh you look really strong
2: or maybe things like that I'm still working on it but (laughs) I think it can be a healthier take totally like even like I just started going back to the gym after like um some time off and I like it's totally mind-blowing to me like now my relationship with the gym and it's like for so many years I was always trying to lose weight and like I now like enjoy going to the gym, and I'm not there to lose weight necessarily. I'm there because I want to like build my fitness a little bit more. I want to build my heart health. Like I want to build muscle. Like, like, like just last night, I went, I went to the gym, and then I just went to KFC afterwards. I know it's bad, but like, like at the end of the day, I was like, I'm not here to lose weight. I'm actually fine with the way I am, and if I'm, because like my weight will fluctuate a little bit naturally anyway. So like, I actually it was totally mind blowing that you could just go to the gym or do workouts and do fitness not for losing weight like what like that's great and actually you enjoy it much more you know like cuz it's not about a number anymore it's like just um you can be pretty much pretty much any weight and 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 really be healthy in your body actually like that's that's also what people don't really understand i don't think you know of course there's extremes to everything but in general if you're doing some activity You know, like your heart's feeling good. You get some vegetables in, you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't need to correlate to a certain weight.
1: No, it's true. And I think that it allows you, like, I completely relate with that. And it's also funny what you say. I think some people view things as a reward, right? Or a treat. Like, if I go to the gym, then I can eat this ice cream. And I'm like, I can't. I can't live like that. I can't live like that. And fortunately, I've never been, I think because my mom was always on a diet, I can't, like I can't even think about a diet because it just feels so restrictive and it's so, it's just, it's challenging. But I think being able to just find balance, you know, like I can be, if I, it's about wanting to feel good, right? So it's like the food that I'm putting in my body makes me feel good. I will definitely indulge. Don't get me wrong, but if I indulge in certain ways, I'm not actually going to feel good. And so maybe I don't want to do that. You know, if I eat too many super sweet things, this is just, I also can't, I am a super, like I have the most sweet tooth ever, but (laughs) if it's too sweet and I eat too much of it, I'm going to feel kind of sick. Right. So it's like, just and same with your body and working out just if I do this I always feel so much better after I work out and it just gives you also even if you just go for a walk it gives you time to clear your head and time to just be either with yourself or with a person a friend or listen to music whatever clear your head but there's so many benefits that have nothing to do with what you're gonna look like you could continue to look the exact same but you're gonna feel better about yourself if it's something that makes you feel good and it and it can be whatever it is also I think some people are like I have to run or I have to do this and I'm like if you like dancing do something that you actually enjoy like there's no point in doing something that's miserable that's not gonna be great
2: either like I know it's like you're back in like school and you're like forced to do PE again it's like it's really like God, it's like childlike kind of pressured, like toxic relationship we make with exercise that, yeah, like it took me a long time to find out that I actually enjoy a little bit of exercise really because I just hated it so much in school. I was like, oh, I'm just not a sporty person. I'm still not a sporty person. I'm not, I'm definitely not talented in any sports, but I actually enjoy it. I don't mind. I like doing weird things. I like to feel strong sometimes. I like to like put a weight up and be like, hey I'm small whoa <laughs> and I like to dance I like you know like I like walking a lot like it, you're right it's totally like find the right thing that feels good for you and yeah just don't don't focus on how you look exactly I mean that's it just makes it's honestly like light, it's life-changing because if you go into that direction I mean, it always be about weight then you end up in a in a really like a yo-yo situation or you end up like never going to the gym or, or obsessing over the gym and it's like god it's that's not healthy just relax find something exactly good, you know it's meant to be fun i think that's the thing exactly like you said it can
1: be it's it's these extremes so we're operating under this idea that i either have to be working out every day or i or i'm indulged or i'm just like you know eating whatever i want and doing whatever i want and i'm not and it's like Just do what feels good. And if you don't have time one day, it's okay. That's totally fine. If you don't have time, if you want to just enjoy life, you know, life's just way too short. And I know it's hard. I'm not saying that it's easy because it's real, it's not. It's been a journey for me. And I think it's a journey for most people. But I also think that I've seen the benefit of being able to let go of certain things. And it's still something I, you know, have to think about sometimes. But it's just really a lot better when you can let go of certain pressures and just kind of be able to enjoy your life and I and I recognize that also there are many people who may really 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 be struggling with that and I'm not I, I don't want to yeah that's why we're talking about it right because it is hard it's yeah. not just it is. like oh Absolutely. don't care what people think
2: no exactly I mean, at the end of the day like your body it's it's something you live with every day and people do react differently to you depending on how you look and it's it takes a lot like anyone who's probably lost some way you know realize yeah maybe people did treat me nicer or whatever and it's it is very very challenging to not just fall into that and just say like okay well like that's the only way I'll be happy you know it it, it takes a lot and it's very okay if you're still in that place like it's very normal um but yeah I think there's it's a journey in it's it's a continual journey like you'll like I still have days definitely and, and times and periods where I really don't like my body this much anymore. And I'm like, Oh, I need to lose weight." And it's like, it's okay. I like recognize the feeling and then I'm like, but actually what's wrong with my body right now? And I really just try to rationalize it a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, actually maybe I'm just, you know, it's not really a rational thought, but it doesn't mean I don't have them. So 100%. i 100%. I definitely,
1: yeah. I don't want to downplay that I do still think about, my body, for sure um but it's something that <laughs> and i would say this one piece of advice and then i want to um get into a different topic but related which uh, but my piece of advice is and this is something i heard i don't know where but i'm sure a lot of people have said it which is oh, just have clothes in different sizes i mean as in you don't have to go out and buy a different size clothes clothing but if you have it and for example If you're gaining weight, it's okay to go and buy something that fits you in how you currently look. And then if you lose weight again, keep that in your closet. And then if you gain weight again, you have it. You don't have to, I think a lot of people like are saying just want, you know, oh, I want to fit this. And it's like your body will change over time, especially as someone in like a, you know, like a cis Female cis woman body, it's going to change your hips, your like everything. It just changes over time, and everyone's body changes over time, right? And it's like you just have to be comfortable with wearing different sizes, also different brands. They have different sizes. It's okay. It doesn't mean anything. There's no inherent value or positive positivity to a certain size. So I think having different sizes in your wardrobe just can be helpful and if you're having days you know to just wear something different and and then you'll actually feel better like you'll actually feel better in the fact that something fits you and it feels flattering and you don't feel like oh I'm trying to squeeze into something that doesn't fit
2: that's a really good tip definitely so
1: while we're talking about just sort of like embracing our bodies and getting to be comfortable in our bodies I want to talk about what you mentioned earlier which was perfect which is our vulvas and the appearance of our vulvas. And so there are a lot of really wonderful resources out now. And I've seen a lot more depictions of vulva diversity. So like vulva gallery, for example, but at the end of the day, it still can be something that people really struggle with either the appearance of their vulva, even penises as well, like just the appearance of your genitals and pubic pubic hair. So, you know, whether you wax, shave, whatever you do, or don't do and so I've seen advice saying that it doesn't matter because your partner isn't going to care but what if you still care like what if you still care do you think it's important to love your genitals and
2: if so how does one go about doing that yeah I think I think it's ideal if we do like our genitals I don't think we have to like be in love with them I think it's okay if your partner your sexual partner they might like them even more I am pretty sure I like my partner's penis more than they do and I'm not sure if it's the other way around but I like I I'm like oh that's a really nice penis and they're like eh, it's okay I'm like that's okay I think it's also okay to feel like that but um yeah I think especially when it comes to vulvas we get so many you know comments and I really hate certain like certain terminology like you know, I hate like flaps. I hate like, you know, like, like, God, the stuff you hear when you're growing up as well. It's like, you know, like burger buns and everything. Can we just stop? Like, it's just, it turns you completely off. And there's, I feel like velvet are just always at the end, like, always the butt of the joke. Like, they smell bad and that, you know, that they get loose and that they're like, yeah, it's just, or that, you know, all these things, or that pubic hair is dirty, or it's like, it's just not the case. I think the, base level I would say try to say to people like try to at least understand like the health the actual like biology or like just sexual health of it because even if you don't like love how it looks or whatever at least understanding like how it functions and like for me the pubic hair thing was really interesting like learning about how you know actually it has some benefits to keep pubic hair but Okay, cool. I know that. Okay, you know what? Maybe trimming it is a good solution for me because that's kind of a uh, best of both worlds, right? Um, so at least having a basis of knowledge, it I think gives you a bit of strength to overcome insecurity and negativity about it. And yeah, definitely keep looking at examples. Like I, I think there's nothing nicer. I think especially if you have a vulva that's a little bit like less commonly shown on porn or whatever I don't I don't even know where I see vulvas these days like (laughs) somewhere even before we were watching porn I don't know like how do we know what it looked like I don't really know where I've seen a vulva but I guess I've seen it and just like (laughs) you know like ones where it doesn't it's not so common you know if you if you have a vulva like that especially I would definitely you know just to normalize it because I think it must feel really nice to to just see you're not alone you know and especially for I think everybody to just look at vulvas well, or and penises and all types of genitals. I can imagine it's probably really hard if you're intersex, for example, and you have, mm-hmm. you know, like God, I, I don't. Where do we see examples like that? Like, and if you meet a partner who who is intersex, like it, it, it's um, it's such a fundamental part of your body, you know, like. But we just um, we we have such a um taboo about it that we don't talk about it, we don't look at it and then I can't imagine how it must feel to be with a partner that they're like shocked, you know, by your point. Mm -hmm, Of course. Yeah. That's, it's nice, you know? So I think at the very least we should just educate ourselves about it. And I think that's, that's a good standard. I would say ideally. Yeah. And I think the more comfortable you feel in your own body, hopefully
1: the more confident and comfortable you're going to feel in the case where someone may have a negative reaction because It's true, we don't see enough depictions. And I even remember, I think there's not as many, when when we see a penis, like it's typically circumcised in like pictures or diagrams or drawings. And I remember seeing an uncircumcised penis for the, no, no, yes, uncircumcised penis for the first time. And I truly was taken aback because I had never seen one before. And I was just like, what's going on? Like, I didn't understand it. And which actually, for pleasure purposes, I will say there are like many benefits. And, was like,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I was the same that I be around with the uncircumcised. Oh no, that's circumcised. I was like, "Where's it going?" <laughs> right.
1: But I I'm think dying. that just the exposure is like, oh, okay, yes. now i have it. I know. And I think that similarly, yes, if you in, if you interact with someone where yeah, maybe you haven't seen something like what they have before it's unfortunate that because of what we haven't seen, because of our own ignorance, we may have a negative reaction when that has nothing to do with the person. Like the person didn't do anything wrong. They're not weird. It's just that we haven't seen it before and it's something new. And so I think that the more that we can do to educate ourselves, educate each other, and also looking at your own body, right? Like looking at your vulva, looking, take a mirror, like I think there's so many people who haven't even looked, and that was me for absolutely pretty yeah. much my
2: entire life. <laughs> you just avoid it. It's like right. You're always wearing underwear and stuff like in the mirror, really. So it's like even when you're not, it's like you're not going to be like, all right, let me just get in there and look. Like, what is that? like <laughs> And like, if you go
1: to the gynecologist or you go to get waxed or something, it's this. It's this. Dainty, like, embarrassment of, oh, like, I know you have to literally get all up inside me, but don't look. Or even, I think, when I was younger, being uncomfortable just naked with a partner where you're like,
2: oh, I don't want them to see me,
1: even though we are literally having sex.
2: Yes. I'm so
1: nervous. Yeah, that's it. I mean,
2: of course, when it comes back to pleasure, like, yeah, definitely looking at yourself because I don't know. I feel like number one, comment I get from people who don't like oral sex for example is that they really don't like people to be up close to their to their vulva and I think that's really sad because it's like it can be so pleasurable and it's like if that's the reason it's stopping you yeah that's like just like one of those things that really prevent you know it's really like a, cumber, a-, a cumber, is that the word to like female like sexual like pleasure which you know we already have the orgasm gap anyway so it's like just things like that stopping us from looking at our bodies and feeling really uncomfortable about our vulvas because of all this stuff we hear yeah it's it does have a huge impact on our sex sexual pleasure and it's just totally unfair right it's like if you genuinely don't enjoy the
1: sensations and and it's not an enjoyable experience for you that's one thing but I think a lot of us don't even know if we enjoy it or not because we can't separate that self-consciousness of oh my gosh what if you know what if they're not enjoying this or what if it smells or what if it's weird or what if like I'm different than other people and it's like how can you possibly be experiencing pleasure and letting go when you're obsessing over what they're experiencing and the appearance or the smell or whatever it is with your own body
2: exactly exactly
0: Whether you're getting it on with a partner or indulging in solo play, I highly encourage you to bring some UberLube into your bedroom. UberLube is a silicone based lubricant that lasts. Added vitamin E provides a silky soft feel to this unscented, moisturizing formula. You've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. Trust me, you'll never go back to the sticky stuff you were using before. Not only is UberLube great for your pleasure filled play, it can also be used to prevent chafing. You can use it to reduce razor bumps after shaving. It can be used as a heat protectant when blow-drying your hair. Literally, she does it all. So, what are you waiting for? Get yourself a bottle of Uberlube or several at uberlube.com and use code Taboo. that's T-A-B-U, for 10% off. I'm already excited for your future sexual endeavors. And now, back to this episode.
1: I wanted to talk about masturbation and, you know, self-pleasure. And I think that as much as it's, you know, taken a while to get here, I think it's also connected because how we feel about our bodies and how comfortable we are in our bodies has so much to do with how we can experience pleasure and even our willingness to explore ourselves. And there's a lot of people who really are just uncomfortable masturbating. They're uncomfortable with self-pleasure. They don't either give themselves the time to do it or they feel like it's something that's weird. So what would you say, like, I guess, for people who are uncomfortable with the idea of, particularly people who have a vulva and who are uncomfortable with masturbation or feel like there's something wrong with them for liking it or that it's a weird thing to do?
2: Well, I think it's first, um, I guess, important to say that it's normal to feel like that, because really, we are brought up in a society which tells us that it's it's wrong to touch ourselves particularly it's wrong to touch ourselves if we have a vulva like we don't have any representation we you know even if you're not religious you you ha- religion like shapes a lot of our societal like thinking as well and you know we we frame our whole conversation around sex as like not only having sex with a partner but particularly women pleasuring men you know and uh, and I mean mean, cis women pleasuring usually cis men right so it's like it's always centered around male pleasure and it's not like so it's totally normal and it's okay if you are like confused or worried or feeling a bit shameful about touching yourself because really that's just the world we live in and and you're you're not the problem right but like I think the most important beautiful thing about sexuality is like the sexuality that we have with ourselves. Like, because like sex with another person is fantastic. It can be great. Right. But like pleasure and something, it's something we can give ourselves. And it is genuinely one of the most beautiful things that we can do with ourselves. Like it's, it is a literal form of self-love. Like, honestly, it is like, and I think the more that you do it, like, not only do you just like, okay, having an orgasm or whatever, it's is of course wonderful, but all of the other like small and subtle and like kind of effects that build up like really make you build a better relationship with yourself because if you're at least if you can pleasure yourself you're not relying on somebody else do you know what I mean like you know you're like oh I'm I can do this and. That of course, it means literally like if you're in a relationship where your partner's not pleasuring you or you're on a one night stand or you have sex with somebody and they don't pleasure you, you know it gives you the tools to know how to do it, and you can teach other people, but it just literally builds a sense of independence in yourself that like you are enough, you are already enough, like you don't have to be in a relationship, you don't have to be with another person, you literally can be with yourself, you can make yourself come, you can love yourself, you can do everything yourself, and you are enough, like, and I think if we all focused on ourselves first, we would have better, better relationships with other people, particularly sexual relationships, but I, th- I think it's, like, a core to, like, believing in yourself, you know? Yeah,
1: 100%. How would you, I guess, two questions here. One, how can people go about getting started? Let's say they really don't masturbate, and and also, is it something, because I don't, I don't want to shame in either direction, right? It's, like, if it's really something you're not comfortable with, of course, I would encourage you to try and explore yourself and also to explore and unpack maybe some of the reasons that you may not even realize are at the root of why you don't enjoy it or why you think you don't enjoy it, because maybe you feel shamed or you feel, you know, ashamed about it. You feel like it's wrong. You feel like it's immoral, wherever that's coming from, that's valid. But maybe, you know, explore that a little bit. but you know some people maybe they just don't enjoy it maybe it's just something they never want to do I guess do you agree with that like maybe it's not for everyone or do you think it is for everyone people just need to explore and they'll find that maybe there's some aspect of it that they enjoy
2: yeah I think um for sure there's some people that just are not that fussed by it and it's like it could be that they're asexual um although lots of asexual people also masturbate um and also I think another thing that I you know learned about like in the last year or something was like our sort of like desire types and like what I mean by that is like your arousal types right I mean um a lot of people have like dis- um have um re- like a reactive arousal so sorry responsive arousal is what I was trying to say so like they m- might not just have like a a first initial thought to Have sex or to, to masturbate or anything so for them it might be harder because they're not naturally like kind of like inclined to go out of their way and do that unless you know maybe somebody flirted with them or you know whatever turned them on first but I still would say in that category of people I think it's still a valid thing to to try to say like okay I might not be horny right now but I know that it's a nice thing that I enjoy it makes me feel good in my body so you know maybe I can do something that turns me on and I think actually that's I think that's true for a lot of people even if you're not like you don't have response you know it's also true with sex like with partners too like sometimes you're just like you know what I want to have sex because I feel good I'm not in the mood but I know I will get there you know that's that's totally valid um but yeah there's I don't think you should pressure yourself in any which way like but if it is something you're curious about I think just to the literal like level I try to aim for is just to remove the shame from it. Like, there's nothing wrong in masturbating, and somebody can repeat that to themselves a hundred times. I think it's a good good start. There's nothing wrong with masturbating. It's really like, and I get questions every day. Like, is it okay to masturbate three times a day? It's okay to masturbate seven times a day. It's like it's fine. Do whatever you. It's it's fine. It's really not doing any problems. It's honestly it's not a problem. Do what you feel right with. Like whether that's once done a thousand times I don't know if you can do it a thousand times just be careful I guess you might hurt your arm but like <laughs> um but yeah if you never tried and you just want to start like yeah I, w- I would say like just try, like think about your whole body first you know like I think a lot of people especially if you ever have, have a vulva they just like they've heard like just to put their fingers in it and that feels good but it probably won't feel that great if they're there's no build up to it so you know like just enjoy feeling yourself relax you know if you have lube that's great but i if you're young or you're just new maybe you don't have lube that's also okay you know but just try to work yourself up a little bit feel good whatever it is maybe there's something that kind of turns you on or whatever a thought a story something on the internet who knows you know just like indulge a little bit you know and go from there basically but don't just go like all right let me just put my finger in. (laughs) it's probably not gonna feel great but um, exactly yeah I think not,
1: um, not enough people know about responsive desire and understanding that it may and often does require an external stimulus or stimuli to get you to be even interested in something sexual and I know I mean that's even how I probably started masturbating was maybe I was watching a TV show or a movie and then there's a scene and you're like, Oh, whoa. Like, why do yeah. I like feel this way? <laughs> yeah, me too, yeah. And
2: then you want to go, you know, right. like, oh, oh. Wait, let me just take that TV. Exactly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, Oh, no, sorry.
1: I, I think it is about figuring out what that is for you. And like you said, there's many different options. And again, yeah, it doesn't have to be any, but it could be, a romance novel or, or a more erotic novel or audio erotica or porn or, you know, or yeah, just fantasizing yourself. I do think that maybe we've become a little bit too reliant on devices or media and, and, you know, we can't get into the fantasy, but even if you have, and if you have a partner, maybe maybe you are into like sharing, um, sexting or I don't know, like there's other things that
2: can Turn you on, or reading other people like fan fiction. I don't know, there's a million things. <laughs> there's so many ways. Like there's nothing. Also, not really anything wrong with the way that you you prefer to get turned on either. Like of course, there's some legal limits. Of course, I, I usually don't have to say that, but like, I'm like I feel like people. Yeah, like and anyway, um, yeah. There's fan fiction. If you if you're into fan fiction, it's like there's nothing that weird about it. It's like just. Go and find your weird Harry Potter stuff and enjoy it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if it exists, it's yeah. inherently like not weird yeah, because clearly <laughs>
2: other people
1: are into it. Other, someone else <laughs> yeah. created this. So, right, like yeah. you're not alone because yeah. look at <laughs> the fact that it exists. And I think with frequency, like you were talking about, I think we normalize other activities where we could go watch like some people watch football all day, right? Or, you know, I'll watch 20 episodes of of a new TV show. And why is that fine to spend hours doing that? But it's not fine to spend hours touching yourself and exploring yourself. And I think that the extreme at which it's a problem would be the same or similar extreme at which it's a problem with anything else. Like if you can't leave your house because all you're doing is watching TV and you are like, you, you lose friendships and lose relationships and you just can't get away from it, okay, maybe there's a problem going on. But if you're enjoying yourself and it's a fun thing to do, like, it's totally fine. So with that, I think that one thing I've gotten used to is using a vibrator. Do you think more people should use their hands, their feet? like, what are other ways to... Also, because you kind of get into a routine, right? Like, you know, it works, you know, it feels good. And so maybe it's kind of like, it no longer, I don't even know if it is as much about the self-love and exploration as this feels good. I'm just kind of going kind to of get off. Um, Yeah. How do you recommend exploring and trying different things or maybe using your hands? Like, what are your tips?
2: I think it's like really normal and common just to, yeah, like get into a routine like you said, um, because yeah, it's like there's nothing wrong with just you know, using masturbation as a release. And of course, when you have something like a vibrator, it just is very, very efficient in doing that. And it feels good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, it can mean that maybe some people get frustrated thinking, oh, it feels like I can't come in other ways or maybe with a partner that it doesn't feel the same for them anymore. Because yeah, you don't have this hype powered vibration on your clit anymore like yeah it's going to feel different but the good thing is nothing's permanent right like you're not like desensitized for life it's I also don't even like to use the term desensitized because I don't think it really like makes like a specific difference to your clit or your body or whatever but I think it's just that we get used to a feeling it's like and then it's hard it's like a tolerance right but it's it's not permanent so I mean I recommend to if that's something you want to kind of get out of a little bit of like a rut that way and try new things or refamiliarize yourself with using your hand or whatever like i would recommend like just to to plan a specific amount of time like but give yourself longer because if you're used to just going in your room and getting your vibrator it can usually be quite quick you know so give yourself like half an hour to an hour right and just focus on like giving yourself the goal of just exploring like new things like your fingers or Maybe you bought um maybe bought a new toy, like a new dildo or like a glass, like some new texture or something. Maybe like focus on a different type of sensation other than just like, you know, vibration and maybe a different part of your body. Like it could also be your nipples. So maybe you use the vibrators, but you use your nipples more, like because that's a, it can be super nice. But I think if you give yourself the time where there's no pressure to orgasm as quickly as you would with a with a vibrator, then you You stop worrying a little bit about like, "Oh, I didn't come yet. It's like it's okay it It will happen usually or it may happen even if it doesn't. It was still a really nice experience you had, and the more that you do that and the more that you kind of like give yourself time to not just uh just try to like get these quick kind of like masturbation sessions like then you know they're totally it's it's nice to have both you know. Um, and I think yeah just uh, explore like give yourself a new toy and just say hey like let's just try it you know especially like if you can afford like sometimes toys can be quite quite expensive but some these days you can also get some really like pretty affordable toys I think now you know like even ones for like 15 10 10 euros or whatever so why not like just test it out like I love like unusual ones as well like like these love balls where you like put them inside of you and they're like you hold them in with your pelvic um, floor muscles and they like roll against the G-spot or the G area, I should say. And like, feels really good, actually. It feels really good. <laughs> but it does take a bit of technique to kind of, because you put them in, you're like, mm. What's that? it just feels weird. It just feels like I've got a ball in my vagina, which is true, but it does feel good eventually. So I think be patient, you know, I think that's the key. And and just uh, have fun with it because don't don't pressure yourself, you know. Is there any, I guess, hands, we always have hands,
1: right? But let's say someone may, maybe they can only afford to buy one toy, which, you know, and especially, I guess, if you want to get the really high quality toys that last really, like that last a long time, body safe material, things like that, they can run pretty expensive, right? And again, you do not have to spend all your money on the sex toy. But the point is, it might be something where you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to spend my disposable income on this. So one, would you say that it is worth investing in a toy? And two, what would be the toy or product that you would recommend if you are on a budget and you really only want to get like one thing? Mm. Uh, or I mean, how do you figure that out?
2: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's totally dependent on the person. And that's where I would start like the... The criteria like selection like i mean definitely ex- just try all the things you have for free anyway first like your hands pillows uh people people get all sorts of things they get t- a piece of like towel and they fold it up and they put it in between their legs and stuff or like some people even use carrots or whatever like with a condom on it you know so people get creative you know but if you want a toy yeah i think toys are amazing and i think they're great so i, I definitely think it's nice to have them but uh, if you're if you've got a limited amount of money I would definitely look at your preferred sex ca- sexual experiences it depends on what partners you have like so for example if you're if you're somebody with a vagina and you tend to have sex sex with people with penises yeah I would like opt for either a dildo because it can help you uh, experience p- more pleasure when you have sex with somebody with a penis because it's like kind of like muscle memory in a sense like the more you do it, the and you have positive experiences with it you learn angles you learn positions you learn the, you, you kind of get used to that feeling it's also actually can help you experience more pleasure with a partner as well which is something I think is really useful but I also would say another option is maybe you already really like penetration or you're you're quite used to your partner's penis so there may be something like a vibrator that can also be used you know during sex with them or. Um, You know, it has multifunctions. That's usually what I go for, you know, and also like something that maybe even vibrators can even be used for people with penises too. So those can be great. Uh, It's the same if you're with somebody with another vulva, like the the toys you might choose. Can you, can you use them together? Can they be like, are they positively like influencing your sexual relationships with yourself and with your partner? I, I usually try to go in that direction just to like be the most efficient, you know, with toy choosing. Um, especially if you can use them together, that's great. Like, and I think vibrators are great because they're really flexible. Like, people love like magic wands. For me, it's the, like a little bit too high pressure. Also, yeah, get get really like, what do you like? What does your clit like? Like, if you like the high pressure feeling, it might be hard if you've never felt it before. But you know, like for example, if you're in the shower and you like a really high pressure feeling on your clit, like if you've ever done that, maybe you'd like something like don't like the magic wand. Or maybe you like something slow and something, or maybe you like using your fingers and something like a dildo might make more sense because it's like internal. Or think about the angles that you like. You know, if you like G spot stimulation, then maybe something that's curved and something that's small. So I think just get really personal and give yourself a a full, thorough questionnaire and um, a checkup. And you're like, right, what materials do I like? Who am I having sex with? Like, what positions do I like? And then the right toy might become apparent to a bit more easily. (laughs) Yeah. I really like what you said about
1: even exploring with getting used to a certain feeling. So something like penetration, because I know that for me, I've always preferred external and like stimulation, but I actually think it would benefit me and something I've been trying or wanting to do is exploring more on my own with something internal because I think that will ultimately make me more comfortable. And, and it just also helps you on your own terms, right? Like explore what might feel good to you. And I think that also made me think of, I know that as you were mentioning, like pillows and all these things and different positions, I think that I know for myself, that's something where you might feel a little bit silly being in bed or, or stand or whatever you're doing, wherever you are. And trying different positions with yourself, right? But I think there's just something to knowing, like, nobody's watching you. Nobody cares. This is your time to explore yourself and figure out what you like and also what you don't like.
0: If you're looking for affordable toys to spice up your masturbation routine, you know you need to look no further than Honey Playbox. They even have the clitoral-stimulating rose toy vibrator that everybody's talking about. Honey Playbox offers unique and affordable toys made from body-safe materials, and their team is always available to find the perfect toy for you. And right now, you can get 25% off your total purchase with the coupon code TABU. That's T-A-B-U. That's not just one toy or product, that's your entire purchase. So, this is me giving you full permission and encouragement to go treat yourself. Again, and again, and again. Honey Playbox sexual wellness meets play and now back to our episode
1: okay I just want to touch on one last topic which is orgasms and you already mentioned it a little bit with like masturbation and obviously for many people that is the goal and it just doesn't necessarily have to be the goal it doesn't necessarily it shouldn't necessarily be always the goal But there's also a lot of people who can't orgasm, right? Like they will never orgasm or they just really struggle to get there. And so, and that could be with a partner or on their own. So I know for many people, it can help to be on your own or for many people, it's like it happens always on my own, but never with partners. So I guess, what would you say for people who are struggling with that and who feel like they just really want to reach that peak and reach that, you know, that everybody talks about? how would you recommend they kind of explore masturbation and also what are the benefits that they can still get if orgasm isn't one of them
2: yeah i think um i think it's good to also look at like maybe are there some roots to maybe there's some reasons that are potentially impacting your ability to orgasm because an orgasm or like lack of orgasm is definitely can be a sign of like health in other areas so you know if that's something you're struggling with like it's worth like to look at and work with a doctor, ideally like or a sex therapist as well, because it sex is so mental, you know, and I think if you continually didn't orgasm, didn't orgasm, didn't orgasm, like honestly, at this point it's like for me, like the problem would be that you're just in your mind about it, you know, like you're expecting not to orgasm, and that's very hard to get past like sex is so you know about your mental like the place you're in mentally, so if you can work with sex therapist or if you can try through your own personal therapy or your own personal like you know just like relaxation methods whatever like try to not think about it too much I know that's hard but like that I think it's possible like try to go in that direction but um yeah with masturbation yeah exactly I think it's so amazing to do it by yourself because you know the the pressure of being with somebody the pressure to perform what you look like did you orgasm like the expectation and then the worry of like Oh, I didn't orgasm. Are they gonna feel bad? Like, do I fake it? You know, these things are so difficult to get past when you want to orgasm. Like, so doing it by yourself is just the most perfect start to try to like re-almost like see it as like a sexual reset a little bit. Like try to just have a blank slate, right? Don't, don't, don't worry. If you do orgasm, you don't orgasm, but try to just have a blank slate it's okay because there's so many more good things to sex and about self pleasure and just pleasure in general think and think about all the ways that you feel pleasure like the whole time like when you're building up to an orgasm even if you don't get to the orgasm it feels good like that whole journey right Mm -hmm, focus mm -hmm. on that last bit and it's like and then if it didn't happen then it's like we forget that we had all that pleasure before right right i get it i get it it's like it's like the expectation that oh But try to think about the pleasure you had and try to think about just generally what feels good. Um, And also, you know, it's so important because I I have a friend who was also in the same position and she was like, she felt really bad that she'd never orgasmed. And we had a big chat and she was like, but Kat, sometimes I feel like, like, what does an orgasm feel for you? And I was like, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, sometimes it's a big one and I scream and whatever. But sometimes, like, especially when I just go and I get my vibrator out and it's like, it's just the afternoon and I just want a wee break. It's just like a, oh, oh, okay, I'm done. And she was like, oh, like that. And I was like, yeah, it was just like very small, you know? Like she was like, oh, I feel like I've had a small one before. Like I just thought they were all big. Like, and I was like, yeah, no, they're not all like that, you know? So just know like even you might have actually had one.
1: You might have I do one. think that's a really big thing because yeah. it's so hyperbolized in a way. I mean, not that it can't be explosive, but I think that's how we talk about it. It's always that is the way that orgasms are discussed. So I think that it's easy to feel like, well, maybe mine is not enough or like maybe there's something I'm missing out on because there is more to it, but it's like, it is different for everybody. And at the end of the day, it's what feels good. You know, like did something feel really good? Great, that's the point, <laughs> that's the goal. Cool. So, okay, one last mini question hopefully which is that I know I already know what you would probably say to this but I feel like I need to address it anyway which is people in relationships some people feel really uncomfortable like either with their partner masturbating or with still met like I don't need to do that anymore because I have a partner so like why would I be doing that do you think it's still important to self-pleasure even in the context of a relationship yeah, I
2: mean of course I do um yeah I just like I really hate this idea that it's like oh I'm in a relationship now so it's like okay look all right I see how it is like well <laughs> no, okay no I think it's great I mean yeah some people just won't do it and that's actually fine like some people they just don't have uh, the desire to do it as much anymore some people I think especially I, th- I think a lot of men they really actually see masturbation really as a, just as a, a kind of as a sort of like a second uh what do you call it when somebody is like we'll run around oh it's kind of yeah exactly like like just like just like a replacement a sad replacement right it's not the it's not the thing you actually want it's like yeah. a lot of people they do have that but yeah I think if you're just sexually satisfied and you don't have a desire that's fine but yeah it, it, I think somehow it does it does produce some kind of like reactions like you almost feel like you're competing a little bit like or like you worry what they're watching are they watching porn or who are they thinking about but I I I know for myself like it's something so different from partner sex like it really is and it's like I explore things that I'm not even interested in I would never actually do in partnered sex oh my god some stuff I never would do like I just this looks interesting on on the screen you know so like it's 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 a part it's a personal part of you and it's an individual part of you and it's totally fine to continue that and try not try not to think about it like as a as a replacement or a competition for your partner or or that your part if your partner is doing it try not feel jealous because it's it's different it's different it's like they're, they're different cakes you know they're not taking away from each other like there's different there's different different spaces I think um <laughs> yeah I wish I could I was trying to think of like a Comparable example is
1: thinking, you know, you can shower alone every day or with a partner. It's just different. It's not quite the same, but (laughs) yeah, I (laughs) get what you mean. It's (laughs) both enjoyable, (laughs) but in different ways. Yeah, exactly. Like there's just certain like it's same like watching a movie. Watching a movie by yourself and just having the time to yourself can be awesome, and and sharing it with somebody else can be awesome. It's just a different experience. It doesn't mean one's better than the other. So that'll be my take, but. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for (laughs) indulging me and answering so many different questions. Is there anything you want to leave people with, and or how can people continue to engage with you and your work?
2: Yeah, I guess if people are interested, like particularly people who are exploring masturbation for the first time, like I have a couple, like I have a sort of a set of guides on my website. yeah, because I get this question quite a lot, and I really enjoy talking and teaching masturbation. So, if you're interested in that topic, definitely read. And what's through. the website? Yeah, my website. I'm gonna obviously link it, but it, <laughs> it's ungirl, which is just ungir dot org. Um. Yep, yeah, and there's lots of like just just I hope easy to understand guides. Like I try to be as practical as possible. Um, but yeah, I think if you're related to any of these topics yeah just know that like your sexual journey or your self love journey it's just it's ongoing so even if you're not where you are where you want to be right now like it's not where you're always gonna be so you know like keep going it's, it's gonna be all right <laughs> like
1: you're you're doing yeah and the fact that you're even tr- on a journey exactly, is like, yeah. it's it's amazing is <laughs> <right? Yeah.
2: laughs> <laughs> oh, and really quickly, what's the distinction would you say for people between your two pages your Instagram page um, my second page I started it like to try to sort of teach like cis men usually like that's where it started from I really wanted to bridge the gap between like knowledge of women's bodies and about like how to pleasure people like all those kind of things and also a little bit like about feminism as well and also like to bring up topics about self-love and everything to 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 more of a male population because I had a lot of people asking about that on my on my main page like can I have this page for, for men and I was like oh okay I guess I'll do it even though I'm not man. but there doesn't seem to be many other guys doing it so yeah it, it's 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 like but it's also now become it's it's open for anybody and I think lots I have still like majority uh female audience but uh it's it's a little bit more practical tips I would say like like a little bit more kind of like here's some fingering tips you know and on my main page it's like a bit more about bigger topics like hey, I'm pissed off about the world. Like, here's a post. Are you pissed off too? Yes. like, it's not right. So that's kind of,
1: that's kind of the difference. Yeah. And it's like, if you're resonating with these posts and you want the practical how-tos, then you would go to, it's uncensored.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, it's literally like a bit more uncensored that way. It's like, a bit more like spicy i guess i'm just i'm very blunt i think with, with with the with the i just want to give people tips you know like that's what people want honestly. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what those, those people resonate with they're like this is
1: actionable and i can actually use exactly. it. so thank you
2: exactly and men want to learn usually actually i think a lot of men have good intentions they're just they just they just don't know sometimes you know like no and they're the ones googling to be honest I mean at least true. earlier in
1: life but they're just landing on Reddit or some yeah, like, you know, know, know blog know. that's not giving
2: great information <laughs> so. unsaid, right like exactly <laughs> they ask people I forgot to say not Reddit like. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so we're really filling that gap we need
1: to we need um, redirect uh, exactly, on the site. exactly. <laughs> all, right. all right well thank you so much I really appreciate your time and I know that all the insights you shared are going to be really powerful for everyone listening
2: yeah it was really nice talking so, to you and yeah also you gave me a lot of like a lot of really good tips and things to think about as well so it was really personally um enjoyable for me too thank you
0: I, for one, thoroughly enjoyed recording this episode, so thank you again, Kat, for joining me and for being so candid about your own personal experiences. Want to join the conversation? Head to our Instagram, at AskingForMyself, to let me know what you want to talk about. Also, what has your relationship with your body been like? Do you enjoy masturbation? Is something holding you back? Let's get into it. And if you haven't already, please share this podcast with a friend or a partner, whoever you think should listen. And if you really love it, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to let people know why you tune in. Thank you for listening and for being such an incredible community. Until next time.